It is gonna be so balanced and so stunning and so satisfying. It will be like nothing we have ever experienced here. May God get all the glory. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be celebrating with you, man. We make much of Jesus Christ. That is why we rally together. This is all about him from beginning to end. Hey, we're in a series here that's uh, walking through the hope that we're going to have in the future, right? All things new. We're talking about Revelation chapters 20, 21, and 22, and we're looking at all that Christ is going to be creating, the new heaven, new earth, the new Jerusalem, all the things new that are coming and celebrating that. And uh, if you remember, as we've walked through the other portions of Revelation and walking through those details, uh, we've seen that God is bringing hope, right? And as we get to the point where Christ is coming, because Jesus is coming again, right? He is coming, and all of God's people said... And as Christ comes and sets foot down and puts rebellion in his place, he'll set up a thousand-year kingdom here on earth that's a form of like almost a Sabbath rest in this world and that thousand years Christ ruling in Jerusalem. And then he's going to walk us all into eternity, a massive, glorious moment of celebration. So we're going to be continuing to look at eternity and all that heaven is going to be as we dive into the passage today. That said, man, we live in a broken world. And all of God's people said, dude, it is broken. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of stuff that goes wrong. And, um, you know, this past week here at our church, we had an interesting thing happen. Um, Kind of midweek, we had a a garbage truck came in to go ahead and pick up our garbage and uh, kind of the normal thing. And as he went to go throw the garbage into the bin, they've got apparently a camera in the back so they can see what's going on. And he could tell that some of the garbage he had gotten from somewhere else was sort of like smoldering or something. So they have a policy. They have a rule, which is if that's going on, then you basically have to turn right where you are and dump it. So this is what happened. Take a look at the picture. Dude, it lit. Like he dumped it. And in that moment, all of a sudden you could see it went from just smoky to just whoosh. Like the oxygen caught it and it was fire everywhere. We had fire engines that showed up here. They had to spray it with water, billowing black smoke. We had char all over the pavement out there that's still a little bit there. They've cleaned a lot of it up. And uh, so, yeah, this was this week. By the way, just so we're super clear, this is not what we mean by church on fire, right? (laughs) Not that, right? (laughs) uh, But... uh, Interesting week this week as uh, we got to see a lot of the brokenness of this world dumped right into our parking lot, right? And uh, man, here's the privilege. We get to know that we have a heaven coming with absolute perfection. No more sin, no more pain, no more heartache, no more accidental fires, no more garbage, right? All of that gone. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, huge deal, right? So turn with me, if you will, as we dive in now to Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 22. Revelation 21, starting in verse 22, and I'll get going with point number one here. It says, Jesus will be present everywhere and experienced everywhere without limitation. Jesus will be present everywhere and experienced everywhere without limitation. His manifest presence everywhere. It's going to be a huge deal. So let's start out in verse 22. It says, John writing, and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. 
And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Let's just hold right there. He says, and I saw no temple in the city. Like, this was a big deal for John. You got to think back, like, he's in kind of Jewish culture. All the Jewish cities, they would have had a synagogue right in the middle of the city, right? And, you know, we tended to live life that way in America and really all over the, the world. Uh, we would tend to put the church in the middle of the town. That was a very common thing, really, until the last um, decades, maybe a hundred years is when it started changing. Now the churches are put more towards the outskirts. You might even have to have special zoning and all the rest, and it's pushed to the out. The middle maybe has become more like malls and whatever else. Like it's become something very different in focus. And, and John was kind of blown away by it. He's shown this great new city of Jerusalem, and he's seeing the gates, and he's seeing the walls, and he's seeing the gold streets that are transparent and stunning foundations, and he's like, Where's the temple? What's going on with it? And then he gives the answer right after as it was explained to him. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty. No more will there be a building that's a located space, and God will express his manifest presence there. No, man, it's God's manifest presence, his glory everywhere. It's not localized spots all over. Man, one thing we have to recognize is that the gathering together of the church, the rallying of the assembly, there is something unique that goes on. As we rally together, as we worship our God, as we praise and sing out with all we've got, as we listen to his word, as we just preach what his word says, then the Holy Spirit begins to tap on your shoulder, maybe in an encouragement, Maybe in saying, hey, that's something that we need to talk about letting go of. Whatever it is, all of a sudden you start feeling God moving in the room. And there's something that happens. I've had so many people that will say words like, man, it's like you knew what was going on in our home. I do not. All I'm doing is preaching what God's word says. But God is tapping and saying, listen, this is something so appropriate for your life. And God starts moving in the space. He just chooses in these moments as we gather in his name on a regular basis, as we worship and lift him up for his presence to be felt. Man, just so we're clear, think of the most expressive moment in church you've ever had, the most kind of goosebumps on hair standing up on the back of your neck, God moving in the space, thunderous worship going on. That is but a taste of what we're going to have forever in the heavens, everywhere, all the time, God's glory just beaming forth. Praise be to God. And all of God's people said, he's like, yeah, dude, there is no temple. God himself is the temple. Man, we're going to be with him and he's going to be thundering it forth in an awesome way. He says, not only God, the almighty, the one who can do everything, right? That's God, the father, but also, and the lamb, God, the son, the one who sacrificed himself for us, the one who willingly went to the cross that my sin and yours might be covered, him for me. Right, everybody just say, him for me. This is our hope, Jesus Christ, him for me. Forever that will be true, the battle cry, him for me. You are worthy, Lord Jesus, and we're praising you with all we've got. 
Yeah, man, there's going to be the Almighty and the Lamb, and they are going to be thundering forth their glory, and it is going to be like the most lit church you've ever been a part of in your life. May God get all the glory. It's going to be awesome. It says in the Lamb, it says, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. The glory of God, the Father beaming forth, the Son beaming forth, the glory of God, His warmth, His love, His kindness and encouragement, man, His praise, His joy, His satisfaction, just the unbelievable presence of His character beaming forth all over the place. God's glory and perfection and purity will be so stunning. And that is going to be the light that's needed. No sun and moon needed. And there are some that would say, well, I think this is a metaphor saying of how much God's glory is going to be so satisfying. And, you know, we live by light and we'll be living by God's glory. And yes to that. Like, yes, it's all about God's glory and greatness. I think it's also speaking very specifically to some of the physical of what's going to go on. And man, the light is going to be God himself. John chapter 1 says that Jesus is the light in the darkness. Just so you know, in the heavens, he is going to be the light amongst the pure and the holy and the righteous. The light in the light. And it is going to be beaming forth. May God get all the glory. It's going to be a huge huge moment. And um, he says, basically, no sun and moon there. It says, and its lamp is the lamb. Its lamp. Now, that's a term that's used for when you need to have guidance for your feet. How do I walk? Where do I walk? What should I be going after? And the lamb, Jesus Christ, right? Everybody say, that's Jesus, right? Jesus Christ, the lamb of God, our sacrifice. He is going to be our guide, our lamp, our light in it. He's going to be leading us on what matters. He is creator, designer, and builder. He is going to continue to foster and direct. He's going to be calling us along a path. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Jesus is going to be the lamp that's guiding us, the Father giving his glory pouring on like the sun and moon. It's going to be an amazing experience. It says, and by its lamp, by the light of the lamp, Jesus, will the nations walk. The nations. Now, that word is a word that is used to describe Gentiles. It's a word that was used to describe the sinners, those who refuse to follow Christ. But now we're talking about those from every tribe, tongue, and nation who are being lifted up because they trust in Christ. They are saved, right? Everybody say saved. So these are the ones saved from every tribe, tongue, and nation who are at home in the heavens, and they are going to walk in following Jesus Christ. Him is the guide. Glory of God beaming on. Holy heavens absolutely satisfying and fulfilling. No need to rally into a church to experience the presence of God. Presence felt everywhere. Massively fulfilling as we go. He said, man, we're going to be able to walk according to uh, the lamp, which is Jesus. By the way, when it says the nations, that's you and me, right? The Gentile nations, those who are not Jewish. This is those of us who have come to trust Christ and are believing in him who are from every tribe, tongue, nation, and language. The privilege we have to follow Jesus along the way. Man, it is all about Jesus. Let's start now. It's all about Jesus then and there. Let's make sure we live for Jesus here and now. Everybody just say here and now. 
The call to salvation is massive. May we truly lift him up and give him all the praise. It's all about Jesus. It says, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Now, there's a couple of thoughts on what this might mean. It it could mean those kings on this earth who got saved, who have trusted Christ, leaders in this world, in this earth, this broken side, when they get ushered into glory, into heaven with him, and they step before him, they're just going to fall on their knees and lay their glory down before Jesus Christ at his feet like, you're so awesome. So taking this world's glory and putting it in Christ's feet then. It could mean that. It actually may mean more than that, though. We see also that all believers will be given various levels of leadership. And it could be that the collection of all of those from every tribe, tongue, and nation are going to have headship, like kings almost, leading and ruling, everybody working together towards honoring Christ. And as that king over some portion of whatever steps in, he brings in not his honor, he brings in his statement of all of his people and where he stands and throws it down at the feet of Christ and says, it's all about you. We are here for you and we are ready to celebrate you. We are with you. That too. I probably tend more towards thinking it's that in my thinking, but either way, you have the kings and their glory and their awesomeness that could have been brought to themselves, and they say, no. They fall on their faces before Jesus. They lay it down at his feet, and they say, it's all about you. May God truly be praised, right? It says, and its gates will never be shut by day. The gates of New Jerusalem will never be shut be shut by day. And uh, the reason you would shut the gates during the day is for protection. When you were under attack, you would shut the gates in order to protect the city from some onslaught, right? But the reality is there won't be any attack. All of those who would be in rebellion, all of those who stand against Jesus, all of those who would tend to try to attack have already been dealt with and put aside. That's the lake of fire. That's what we've talked about in the past. There is no evil. There is no impurity. There is no attack of the city. So the gates are wide open all day long. And then it says, oh yeah, and by the way, and there will be no night there. So let that settle. So the gates are open all day and there is no night. So the gates are just open all the time, right? There's always the gates are open and it's welcomed in. There is no night. There is no darkness. There is massive celebration. You have the angels at the gates who are nothing more than an awesome, holy welcoming committee. They're an awesome greeter team standing at the gates, welcoming people in and out as the city is alive with worship for Jesus Christ and for God the Father and for God the Holy Spirit. May God truly be lifted up. It says they will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. So now not just the kings, but all of us, all of the nations. Everybody say, that's me, right? So our glory being thrown down at the feet of Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, it is all about you. Nothing held back, full-on worship, I bow my knee and I celebrate you as the God of the universe. You are king. This is what is to come. It's all about Jesus, right? Everybody just say it's all about Jesus. Jesus. Now we're getting what heaven's about, right? But nothing unclean 
will ever enter into it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. You know, in reading on this a little bit this week, this was kind of a Jewish mantra. This is what they said about their cities. Like overnight, nothing unclean or detestable would be allowed in the city. They would actually ask those who they knew were struggling with things to remove. Like if you were known as a thief, if you were known as a murderer, you were not allowed in that city. And by night, you would absolutely be moved out, right? Prostitution, whatever, would be moved outside the city gates and the gates closed to protect the city. And uh, just so we're clear, the gates open all the time, and yet there's no one coming in with sin. Why? Because everyone, everyone flowing back and forth in New Jerusalem is saved, pure, glorified, perfect, sin removed, never because of us, all because of Jesus Christ. We are there, we are worshiping, we are on fire, excited for him. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Dude, that's a huge deal, right? It says, no one unclean or detestable will come in. All the rebellion is out. It says, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those who have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, everybody say, that's saved. Right? And so the way you're saved, the way you have your name written in the Lamb's book of life is you admit, dude, I, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. You admit it. You believe. You believe that Jesus is risen. He's alive. He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. I believe. And you confess him as Lord. Okay, Lord, take over. Man, are you living your life where you're saying, Lord Jesus, you have me. Please take over. Man, that's saved. May God get all the glory. And as we struggle with sin and falter for a moment and have to say, Lord, please forgive me, the beauty of it is in heaven that will never, ever again take place. All our sin gone, all our selfishness gone, all our idolatry gone, it will always all be about Jesus. Name written in the book of life, Christ covered me, I'm trusting in him, may God truly be praised. Heaven is a place for all of those who are following after Jesus and making much of him May he truly get all the celebration. We have the privilege to walk by the lamp who is Jesus Christ. We have the privilege to live for him forever. You know, the question might come, what will we do in heaven? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here right now and a little bit throughout the rest of the sermon today. But what will heaven be like? And I was thinking through it a little bit, and uh, so I just wrote these things down. First of all, as we talk about what we say a complete disciple is, a complete disciple, we talk about one who worships, walks, works, and witnesses, right? We've talked about that before around here, the four W's, worship, walk, work, and witness. Worship, like whatever I sing, whatever I go after and do, may it be all for you, God. Walk, like I'm growing to be more like you, like in our impact groups. Lord, I long for you to be shown off in me and and work. Lord, may I serve you in this church, right? To work for you. And then witness. Lord, may I share of you out in the community to those who don't know you, right? So in the heavens, it's kind of the same call, except one of those is dropped. There won't be witness anymore. We won't be sharing the truth of Jesus to those who don't know Jesus. There will be testimony. We're going to be sharing things that God has done in our life that has rocked us and is so awesome. There's going to be a lot of that. But there won't be sharing with unbelievers, right? So maybe the witness piece down. But worship, walk, and work. 
will absolutely be there. It says here that we will walk according to the lamp who is Jesus. So what does it look like to walk in heaven? What does it look like to have life in heaven? I just wrote these things down. Jobs that will not be in heaven. All right, ready? Here we go. Jobs that will not be in heaven. First, uh, there will not be police officers in heaven. Can you believe that? They're, like, we love our police officers, and they do a great job. We have so many here in this church that do a ton. But the bottom line is, nobody's doing anything wrong. There's order and structure all over the place. The police officer role won't be needed, praise God for that. Nor will there be firemen needed. Nobody's going to light accidental fires in your parking lot. <laughs> firemen won't be needed. Uh, garbage men won't be needed, Right? It's a huge deal. We won't have any of this waste, this destruction. Here's some other ones. Surgeon. And our bodies aren't going to break down. Optometrist. You're going to see perfectly and it's not from LASIK surgery. Right? Optometrist. Dentist. You will never have to go to the dentist again in heaven. Right? Yeah. But we love our dentists here on earth. Right? Praise God our teeth don't rot out of our heads, but... But we can't wait to get home to heaven, right? Anesthesiologists. Uh, how about this one? Psychiatrists, biblical counselors. We're not going to be wrestling with ourselves and trying to figure things out. And like it's just going to be looking into and taking in the glory of God and celebrating him with all we've got. There won't be a need for lawyers in heaven. Have you noticed how many of the jobs we have here on earth are all about this world being broken and struggle that goes on? Uh, there won't be prison guards in heaven. Won't be prison guards, right? Here's a good one. Uh, my daughter and I were talking. There won't be detention teachers in heaven. <laughs> uh, so what will there be? Here's a few jobs that there might be in heaven, all right? Uh, first, there will be leaders in heaven. We know that. We're already told. There will be people ruling and leading at different levels with different authorities, organizing and structuring along the way. There will be leaders. There will be designers our God is a designing God. Our God is a creating God. He is not going to stop creating. He's going to blow us away with the plans he has for all of eternity as things roll out. It's going to be stunning. There's going to be designers. There's going to be builders. Builders who know how to take the big and make it happen. Builders who maybe just at the servant level, just using the hands and being able to be a part of. There's going to be builders. There's going to be artists. I can't even imagine what the color and the splash and the look is going to be with an artist painting in heaven. I cannot wait to see the artistry, the paintings, the drawings, the sculptures, all of it to be unleashed in the heavens. Artists, there's going to be chefs in heaven. Like it talks about some of the foods that's going to be there. And, and it's not that our bodies would necessarily need it being these glorified bodies and yet still able to enjoy it. There's going to be something going on with cooking for the ability to make them just unbelievably flavorful and well presented. And uh, it's going to be a big deal. Florists, right? There's going to be florists, people who know how to organize the flowers, making things look good, farmers along the way in a huge way. There's going to be singers and songwriters. There's going to be teachers, instrumentalists. Uh, maybe there's going to be some form of pastorship. I will tell you, a lot of the job of stepping alongside hurts and needs, like those won't be there. Praise God for that. But there will be calls to worship. There will be celebration of God's word. There's going to be huge calls in the celebrate side. And maybe on that part, right? Big deal along the way. 
And uh, I didn't say this in the 9 o'clock, but there will probably be Portillo's owners there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't that sad, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. Let's make sure that while we live life here on this earth, while we're living life here, that we live with a heavenly focus. Think this way. Are you living with a heavenly thankfulness? With a joyfulness? Are you living with a creative sense? Are you building up or are you thinking tear down? Right? May God get all the glory. How are we living in this world? May we be a taste of heaven here on earth pointing to Jesus Christ as our king. And all of God's people said, Amen, man. Point number two. Let's go ahead and turn there. Point two. The new Eden will be even more glorious than the old. The new Eden will be even more glorious than the old. John says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. The angel. Now, remember, this is the same angel who uh, helped to unleash one of the seven bulls. This is the same angel that just got done showing him the city with all the gates and the walls and the jewels and the foundations and the light splash and all the rest. Now he's starting to show him what's inside the city and what's going on there relationally. He says, now the angel showed me the river of the water of life. If you think back to the original creation, right, all the way back to original creation, the Garden of Eden, you have a river flowing out of the Garden of Eden, and you've got a lot that's going on. We're going to start to see Eden represented in this coming forward. So the old Eden having its stuff, now the new Eden similar. This one now has a river of the water of life. Man, this is going to be a life-giving moment. We see the truth of it. It says, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. This is probably God in all of his glory flowing out. This is the Holy Spirit pouring out. This is a massive, warm, inviting, uh, unbelievable taste of God in all of his presence flowing through the middle of the city. This water of life, rewarding, pure, holy, perfect, eternal, stunning, satisfying, flowing out from the throne room of God. It says, bright as crystal, bright as crystal. Like you're going to be able to see this so clearly. It's going to be flashing and you're going to be able to see the depths of it so clearly. You're going to be able to see all the way down, like think 30 feet deep and you can see every little rock formation down there. Just so clear, crisp, refreshing and pouring out. Now for sure this represents the glory of God being poured out. Um, probably represents something literal as well, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but it says, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Notice that this water is flowing out from the throne of God, the river of life, the pouring out of God himself being shared. And it says, from the throne of God and of the Lamb, of God, like God the Father, and the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So God the Father, God the Son sitting on thrones, Holy Spirit river pouring out and pouring to you and me, to all of us, and the fulfillment in it. It says, and through the middle of the street, like it will be super accessible, available to all, stunning in its midst, and very much in the center of what the city is about, flowing through the center down the middle of the city. It says, on either side of the river, the tree of life 
with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. On either side, the tree of life. Um, notice it's singular, right? There is one. Everybody say there's one. It says the tree of life, okay? And you're going to see why some would say, well, I think maybe plural when you start to see the description, but it does have it in the singular, the tree of life. Again, we're in the new Eden here. Let's go back to the old Eden. Remember, when that was created first, there was a river flowing out and there was the tree of life, a real physical tree, real river, right? And so as we go forward, same thing here. We've got this river and the tree of life, this tree that brings eternal life in the midst of it. It says, flowing from the throne of God, flowing through the streets, and then on either side of the river, the tree of life with it. Notice it has 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. This amazing burst of the most unbelievable fruit you've ever tasted in your life. The most fresh fruit you've ever had with the most explosive flavors you've ever tasted. And then the new one each month and every year restart. And you get to walk through the enjoyment month by month. I can't even imagine what this is going to be like as it just explodes on our taste buds or whatever we have then, right? As we are able to taste and enjoy of all of it, it's going to be amazing. And I'll tell you, I, I still have not had any taste come back after the third brain surgery back in 2018. Like I have no taste. Well, I mean, I can taste burned things. Like I have little bits, but almost no taste. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like going from nothing to this explosive flavor of fruit juices and covering. Oh my word, is it going to be stunning. When I, back in 2013, when I actually got my taste back the first time after the brain surgery, it went away, but it came back and it about knocked me off my chair when I bit into an orange and all of a sudden I could taste it. It was amazing going from nothing to that. About blew me off my chair. I can't even imagine what this is going to be like for all of us going from this understanding of taste to that perfection. Yeah, man, there's going to be this tree with 12 fruits yielding its kind. And by the way, some will say they think this is plural. And they'll quote like Ezekiel 47, 12. Ezekiel 47, 12 says, and there's the trees uh, bringing life and fruit, uh, different kinds, 12, one for each month, uh, loaded along the river. And it says that the water is flowing out of the temple. And I'll just say this, be a little careful when you're looking in the Old Testament at talking about things that are more towards the end, the kingdoms, make sure you're making sense out of, is it the millennial kingdom or the eternal kingdom? Okay, make sense out of that. In that case, when it talks about the trees, plural, it actually says the water is flowing out of the temple, not off the throne. It's got it coming from a temple mount, a different place. So that's probably describing more the millennial kingdom, that thousand years first that's going to happen. And we're going to be around seeing it in our various levels of leadership. And you're going to see this river flowing out of the temple mount. And you're going to see these lush trees along the sides and different fruits going on. And we're like, this is so gorgeous. And when we get to the new Jerusalem, you're going to see that upscaled. Like even more. And we're like, oh, that's going to be so like what it used to be. I remember that in the millennial kingdom. Look at it now. And it is the tree of life, bringing eternal glory and life, coming up alongside of both sides of the river. Um, maybe that means the trunk is underneath the river and stretching up through on each side, whatever that means, right? All right. So just a couple of statements on the millennial kingdom. If you are 
looking in the Old Testament and you're seeing some details. How do I know if it's millennial kingdom or the eternal kingdom? And I'll say this, a good first tip. If there is sin or death in any way, it's the millennial kingdom. It's that thousand years. Okay, it's still Christ on the throne here on earth, but there's still some limited sin, limited death in that final thousand years of the resting time on this earth. And if there's no death, no pain, no sorrow, no loss, no sin, now we're talking into eternity, right? So that's the first tip. Here's the second one. If the water is coming from the temple mount, you're in the thousand years. If the water is coming from the throne, you're in eternity, okay? So just a couple of subtle little differences, but it at least helps you to understand which part of eternal, eternal kingdom are we talking about here, all right? Enough said on that. It says, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Like by taking of this tree, by being a part of partaking in it, there is eternal life that is given the nations. Man, we will no longer taste of sin and death. There will be a restoration. And by taking part in that tree of life, it will carry us through eternity. Man, it is this awesome gift from God. It's speaking to the gift of forgiveness and Basically, this glorified body, glorified soul forever, God's gift to us. And certainly it's a symbol of all that God gives, but he talks about taking of it and it having huge benefit. And uh, forever, may God get all the glory. So the nations being healed by the leaves in that regard. By the way, notice that it's in Revelation 2.7. It actually says, for those that conquer, right? For those that are saved, right? Romans 8 says that all that are saved are more than conquerors, Right? So for those that conquer, you are, will be granted to eat of the tree of life. It's the healing, the eternal life that comes, right? Okay, he says, no longer will there be anything accursed. No sin, no pain, no death, no garbage burning in your parking lot, right? No aging, absolutely perfect, ageless, forever worship. God always getting exactly what he deserves. It says, but the throne of God and the lamb will be in it. There will be this massive throne pouring out massive glory and God's hope and his warmth and his love everywhere pouring through the streets, totally fulfilling no sin anywhere along the way. And it says, and his servants, everybody say, that's me, right? Those who trust Jesus, his servants will worship him. Man, our job will be to worship our God with all we've got. Now, don't make a mistake and translate that to mean that it's always singing all the time and nothing else, right? I've heard it said before, and people are like wrestling with, I don't know if I understand what heaven is like. I mean, look, man, I love to sing, but I got to be honest, at the end of like four, four and a half songs, I'm good for a while. Like, so that's 20 minutes into heaven. What am I doing with the rest of the... How does this work? And look, it's so much more. First of all, our worship is going to be at a whole nother level with no distraction. It's going to be so satisfying. But man, I'm telling you, it is so much more than singing songs. It is going to be about a partnership with our God along a journey where it is a life together like never seen before. I'll say it this way. Think Romans 12, 2 in the worship, where it says a spiritual act of worship. It's all of me in alignment with him going after it. And so I just wrote these down, five things that we will do in heaven. Ready? Five things that we will do. Maybe worth writing down. Five things we will be doing in heaven. Number one, 
praise. There's going to be a singing. There's going to be a celebrating. Praise, for sure, is going to be a one of them. And uh, number two, thank. There is going to be a lot of thankfulness, a lot of you are so awesome for what you have given. Look at how you have provided. Thank. So praise, thank. Here's a big one. Learn. We will be learning. We will constantly be learning more and more of our God. You will always have your jaw dropped by another thing you found out about him. We will be learning about him all over the place. We're going to be learning about his plan all the more. We have something that guides us right up to the edge of the beginning of heaven. We have no idea what comes next. And he's going to be unleashing all of that and revealing, man, do we have a lot of learning to do and a lot of celebrating along the way. So praise, thank, learn, create. There is going to be a huge amount of creation whether it be artistry or buildings or whatever, there is going to be massive creative elements going on all over the place. And then here's a big one to end it. And the last one, and rest. There is going to be a God-honoring, God-glorifying rest. Taking moments of downtime. And please hear me, this isn't rest like you put it all on the line, you're so exhausted, you just need a break, you're, you're, you're driving, your, it's not that. It's rest like, I don't need a break, but I'm properly taking a break so that God can be given the right focus in the right time. This is going to be huge amounts of celebrating and praising and thanking and working and resting and thanking and praising and resting and celebrating and enjoying God. It is going to be so balanced and so stunning and so satisfying. It will be like nothing we have ever experienced here. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, huge deal, man. All right. It says that we will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. We will see his face. You know, it says in the Old Testament that us here on earth with our sinfulness, we will not, cannot. If we saw God's face, it would kill us as we stand. His purity, his holiness, it would wipe us out in our unholiness. And so we, have, we cannot see his face right now. But when we have glorified body, perfected soul, no more sin, all of it set aside and we're in heaven with him, he will be revealing the whole of who he is. That's what it means when we can see his face. Nothing held back. The whole of him expressed in the massive smile of the almighty God forever satisfying. Warming us like we have never been warmed. Satisfying like never before giving clarity and direction like never before, full face on relationship with our God. May he get all the glory. And all of God's people said, and it says, and he'll put his name on our foreheads. And, and uh, for sure this isn't uh, like basically a metaphor saying, hey, we're thinking like him. We're reasoning like him. We're acting like him. We're agreeing with him. For sure it means that as we've seen it all over. Maybe it means that his name is actually there as well physically, but for sure there's the statement of our agreement in how we think, reason, and walk. Man, there is a massive celebration of our God. It says, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. There will be a massive, unbelievable Resting, working, praising, celebrating, all in the glory and light of who he is. 
It isn't dependent upon electricity or light bulbs or any of the rest of it. It's all about him. It says, and they will reign forever and ever. Forever and ever. No stop. Forever and, everybody say forever. There will be no stop. Heaven on. Sin done. Satisfaction in place. Absolute joy. Fruits you have never tasted before. Forever. God stunning us with who he is. May we take a little bit of a hope about the future heaven. And may we begin to live that right here and now. Your throne, your rule, you're in charge. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 